0: Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBA School Today, I have the pleasure of having with me, Felix Watson Jr. Felix is a guru, I would say, on product management and careers in product management and writes and speaks and shares a lot of insights on careers in product management, both from his own career, as well as what he's observed working in the industry for a while. And I'm excited to talk to Felix today. I've seen a lot of his stuff and he comes highly recommended from a lot of the product management folks I know out there and really great to have him here with me today. So we're going to talk a little bit about Felix's journey into product management, as well as just some of the things that he's seeing through his own experience, as well as running a community of product managers who are sharing knowledge and best practices. So first and foremost, Felix, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to dig right in. Uh, but before we do, I always love starting with a warm-up question. The holiday season is right around the corner. So I would love to know from you, what is the best gift that you've ever received in your life? Ooh man, starting off with a tough one.
1: Uh, well, yeah, first, I want to yeah. thank you for having me on the show today. Great to be here. Best gift I've ever received. I'd have to say, I think one of the best gifts I can think of most recently, my wife, we like to do puzzles. And so mm-hmm. she got me a, for my birthday, she got me a puzzle of a photo of my family. So it's me, my wife oh, and our son. Yeah, it was a great little gift. Like, we really love puzzles. We have uh, a few of our puzzles framed and, and up in our house. So this is a really nice uh, gift for, with the family.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you, you liked puzzles before they became a thing during, during COVID. If you've had a few and have them all over the house, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I grew up doing
1: a lot of puzzles and uh, yeah, my wife and I, when we started dating, we started doing puzzles together as well. So it's definitely been something pre-pandemic that kind of just continues yeah. to go on.
0: Sure. I don't want to read too much into this here, but if you just picture a puzzle as a product, and and you as the as the person trying to put the pieces together, just like a product manager guides all the moving pieces together and builds something beautiful and releases into the market, I guess uh, I can see how the connection comes in. But I might be reading a little too far into that.
1: No, you're probably right. You're probably right. I think it is a bit of a puzzle that you're trying to put together, sure. and it's I guess it's difficult because in a lot of times you don't even know what it's supposed to look like in the end. So makes it really interesting
0: (laughs) yeah for sure great felix let's get started here so before you uh had this career in in product management one of the things i wanted to talk to you about was just what did you do before going to business school Uh, you went to ucla anderson great mba program but what did you do before business school in your career and and why did you choose to get an mba in the first place yeah, that's a good question. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland,
1: so on the East Coast. I went to a small undergraduate university called Embry Riddle, which is an aerospace engineering school. I share that context just so you know like my background, my network before getting into tech. But I started as a software engineer at first for actually the NSA doing some mobile development in the research department. And I left the pro the public sector to move into the private sector where I was doing software development for network infrastructure technology. So it was these giant network switches, these uh, internet technology that we sold to telcos across the world. And I decided to get an MBA because as I mentioned, like my background, I, I decided I wanted to get into big tech, but my background really wasn't in big tech. I didn't have a network in big tech. I didn't have a network on the West Coast. And I also, as an engineer, I started to get hints that I maybe didn't want to do that forever. So I felt like a business degree would help give me a broader range of opportunities, um, to dive into more business related aspects. So this yeah, this sparked I'm, my interest in the MBA. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and just to piggyback off of that, where, what do you think started maybe your interest and curiosity in tech to begin with is, was it growing up or was it just being in school or, or how did that uh, yeah. kind of come to life? That's a good question. I think it's
1: always been there. My dad was an engineer. He's an electrical engineer. And I went to both a middle school and a high school that had some form of like engineering magnet programs. So they were both public schools, but they had these magnet, magnet components that were focused on different types of engineering. And so I was fascinated with cell phones. I still remember my first like pocket PC in high school. I absolutely loved that thing. Having like Windows Mobile on it and being able to do so many more things than I could do with my Nokia typical brick phone. So I think, yeah,
0: that, that interest there started at an early age in tech. Yeah. As you were saying that I'm going to date myself here, but do you happen to remember the the T-Mobile sidekick that I do? Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. you and I are talking on the same wavelength, but oh, yeah. I remember when those things came out, those were, those were mind blowing. Cause it's so rare. but I talk about pocket PCs, but that, those oh. definitely dating myself here, uh, there's probably going to be a couple people listening to this. who are going to be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? But I'm glad you and I are at least on the same page. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Those full keyboards were
1: absolutely amazing. Yeah. I was actually, I was one of those people that were pretty sad when they moved away from the full keyboard into the full touchscreen. I was like very disappointed. So funny.
0: <laughs> I know. I I hate to admit this because I'm dating myself even further, but I remember when Blackberries were all the rage. Oh, and yeah. Being on BBN and, and being able to share your pin and being able to do oh, that yeah. was iMessage and the, the blue bubbles before that was a thing. Oh, Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's and so, again, dating ourselves here, but for the folks who are listening who have a BVN pin, so. Absolutely. Uh, okay. When did you discover product management? Was this something that you, you knew going into business school that this was something you were excited about, you wanted to pursue further, or did it come more of just an accident or maybe somewhere in between? It actually was before business school. So, funny enough, I'm working at this telecom company that
1: I mentioned, uh, actually in Georgia at the time. And. I'm doing the software development for this brand new device that we're going to ship. And I learned that essentially the Brazilian government has signed a $20 million contract for this technology. And immediately I had interest in business, it's just small interest, but that figure that $20 million, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money, what's going on here? And so I started asking more questions. I learned that there was an interesting use case for this technology the Brazilian government was going to be supporting streaming demands for the World Cup. So this was back in 2013, before the 2014, you know, World Cup was being hosted in Brazil. And so they needed to beef up uh, broadband infrastructure. And so that's why they were buying all of these, these hardware devices. So as I asked more questions around, man, who really thinks about this technology, the customers that are going to use it, what the business impact could be $20 million contract, um, I started to learn more about this field called product management and we had uh, sort of product line managers at my company. It wasn't quite the same as the typical product management, um, role in big tech, but it was enough to get me uh, curious. And as I started doing more and more research. I was like, man, who is engineering? Like a field where people typically can move into this uh, product management discipline. What's that all about? And so that was really the beginning. Um. And I started doing a little bit of research, stalking people on LinkedIn, trying to figure out who's this person who made it from engineer to PM and what did they do in the middle? And that was another thing that reinforced the MBA because it was, uh, something I found that it was very common. A lot of people who made that switch from
0: engineer to PM, I had an MBA. Sure. Certainly. I, I definitely can see that. And so you go to business school, you go to UCLA Anderson, a fantastic business school, would love to know in your time in Anderson, what were the types of things that you think? now that you did that really helped you propel and work towards being able to transition to a career in product management? Absolutely. So business school is great for career switchers. They
1: really have a tried and true mechanism, a path that helps you make any type of pivot you want to make. So you're, you're probably familiar. Is There's three basic components. There's the resume, there's interview prep, and then there's networking. So all those three things were very valuable. I did 50 plus iterations on my resume. I did a lot of kind of interview prep, research on companies, practice interviews with folks, and we had a great network. So I was able to talk to folks in these roles to learn more about what it was like and help give me some of those anecdotal information that you can like weave into interviews just to show that you're excited about the company, that you've done your research, that's you, what they do. And so those things were important. But the, the things that were most valuable to me actually in business school was really just the time and the resources. And it's pretty generic, but in, in essence, I was able to also attempt starting a business while I was in business school. And so being a founder, raising a small round of funding, building a product, doing customer research, all these things were absolutely critical. To me, really understanding what it takes to be a product manager. So that, that was a huge impact. And then also, I think just the fact that I was able to meet so many other people that were going in the same direction. It, it lends to my story later about community building. I felt like the community that you have around you is so critical in your success. Before I had a network of folks in big tech or at top business schools, I didn't really have a, a way into
0: uh, these big tech companies. And, and the MBA kind of closed that gap for me. Thank you for sharing that. And there's a couple of things that stand out to me that I just wanted to highlight. I think the first thing which I love that you highlighted is being able to career switch with your peers, right? And to have that cadre of folks doing it at the same time. I, I'm not sure if you've ever had to look for a job outside of business school, but when you do, sometimes it can be a pretty lonely endeavor. You Absolutely. don't always want to talk to your manager about it. You don't always yeah. want to talk to your teammates about it. Maybe you have a really supportive spouse or group of friends, but maybe they don't maybe know exactly what it is that you're doing. And one of the great things about business school is that you can job search in public. You can share anything you want. You can, and certainly you can help others at the same time. And that is one of the benefits, both in terms of the MBA experience, but as we'll talk about a little bit later, I think with some of the community that you're you're building on your own. The other thing which I love that you did, and I really encourage people to do, whether they're in business school or not, is to be able to create and build things. They give you exposure and experience, like you said, with the opportunity that you're trying to achieve, But in addition to that, they also give you something to have a conversation about when you're talking to folks, when you're going into interviews. Um, And also hopefully allowing you to get more reps with something that you actually want to do and hopefully will be able to do when you land that opportunity. So those were the two things that you had mentioned there that just really stuck out to me about your MBA experience that I I could see being really valuable um, to your learning as well as to be able to making that career transition.
1: Absolutely. Building something is one of the most critical things you can do to set yourself up for success in product management. So, you know, it it definitely, I can't, you can't overstate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you've been a product manager for a few years now and worked at a couple different companies, and I'd just be curious to know with the benefit of more experience, what are some things that you wish you had uh, known about product management, uh, about the role before you dove headfirst into it after your MBA? Good question.
1: I think the biggest thing that I wish I'd known is really the nature of the role and the importance of problem discovery or problem finding, as I like to call it. I think when I think about my role as an engineer and making that pivot, I I think about my, my love for cell phones and how growing up, I always thought, man, I have so many ideas of how I can make cell phones better. Uh, I have so many ideas of how I could improve products. So, you know, this PM thing made a lot of sense to me because it was like, oh, you're in charge of of guiding a product and deciding what, what goes into it, what doesn't go into it. But at the end of the day, the core value prop that you bring as a product manager is around identifying, prioritizing, defining problems and problem spaces. And I think my first year of product management was really... Still in that engineer, software engineer mindset of like building and solutioning. I mean, I really need to figure out how to focus on problems. So I think that was, that's the number one thing that I wish someone had told me. I don't know what I would have done with that information, to be honest, but maybe I would have been able to dive a little bit more deeply into what problem discovery was. So I was better prepared for the
0: role. Sure. I think that's a really good point. And just to go a little bit further on this. So. It's not like you've never done problem solving before in your life. I'm sure you were problem solving as an engineer. I'm sure you've done other types of problem solving. So I'd be curious to know what about problem solving as a product manager or what was new or what was like the delta from any type of problem solving that you had to do before? Yeah, absolutely. I think as an engineer, you get
1: assigned some sort of project or task. And you know what the outcome is you're trying to drive. And then you're just laser focused on making sure that outcome happens through code as a PM it's often very misleading because the job role is so ambiguous that it's not very clear what exactly you're supposed to do. So for me, my first project, when my manager came to me and said, hey, I need you to build analytics for recruiters, I went straight into the solution. I started looking at, you know, okay, what does analytics for recruiters look like today? What do the competing products have? Um, What type of technology do we have at our disposal? What does this analytics solution look like? I worked with designers to craft the dashboard. I worked with engineers to get the data pipeline working, figure out exactly how that whole piece worked together. And it was performant and functioned properly. I worked with marketing and sales to explain the product in the future and get it out there and get people to try it out. But real product management, or like problem management, I almost said that, I I call myself a problem manager. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, build analytics for the first questions are really with the experience on my side now. not, oh, okay, how do we build that? But it's, why do we build that? Who are we building it for? It's so easy to gloss over the details and say, oh yeah, recruit okay which recruiters right there's recruiters in so many different injuries so many different size companies they all have different problems pain points and so really as a PM you have to get super clear crisp on that and and
0: that will that was different for me I wasn't used to doing that type of work yeah thank you for sharing that I think that really shows the difference between the problem solving you did and and the value of it before becoming a PM and and the new types of problem solving or the enhanced problem solving skills you gain from being a product manager. And speaking of being a product manager, I know one of the things that you do now is you help a lot of other people who want to be product managers become product managers. And I would be curious to know, just because this is such an exciting field and there are a lot of people that want to do it. What are some of the important lessons that you've learned from breaking into product management as you've advised many others who are trying to do the same thing? Yeah, I
1: think it starts off with what we mentioned before, which is building something, right? Building anything. Here you are with a whole MBA school, the podcast. It could be a blog. It could be a website. It could be creating content. It could be any type of product, really. Anything that solves a problem for somebody else. It really gives you that practice. And again, focusing on not just what you're building, but how you're building it. The process you're going about to discover what it is you should build. I think that's first and foremost the number one thing. The other thing I would say is practice. These interviews are extremely competitive. They're challenging. And I would set a goal for myself if I could go back again to do 20 plus mock interviews for, for kind of product management. And I think no one really emphasized that as much as they could have for me. So I definitely want to make sure I never uh, let somebody walk away without knowing like you have to practice a ton. And then the third thing I would say is like networking. It's Don't underestimate the importance of networking and don't, don't slack on it, I guess is the easiest way I could put it. Like, I think we all hear about networking and folks maybe try to use LinkedIn. If you're going to B school, you're obviously going to have a lot of time to network and maybe coaching on how to do it properly. But I think it's just so important. And I think most folks don't really think about not just knowing people at the company, but really trying to be focused in what's the team you're interested in. What types of products we I mean, really have to zero in on the right folks to network with, and you have to
0: be willing to meet a lot of people. It, there's just no way around it. I think those are all great pieces of advice and, and good learnings. And maybe on the flip side of this, you've, I'm sure you've probably made some mistakes along the way, and, and I've certainly seen some other people make some mistakes as well. But what are some of the common mistakes people make when they are trying to break into product management?
1: Yeah. So again, not practicing enough for the interview. I talk to folks and you can tell when someone's been through the reps uh, on a product management interview. And so definitely practicing a lot using practicing how to use frameworks in real time without sounding too rehearsed is something that's pretty challenging. Resume is a big thing. I don't want to spend too much time on it because obviously if you're in a business school program, you're going to have a lot of reps there. But I think getting that resume right Does take a lot of time and effort and figuring out how to best tell that story. The other thing I would say is really not having a clear understanding of why they want to be a PM. Again, going back to being a problem finder versus uh, a solution kind of builder or owner, really understanding that it's not the job of a PM isn't necessarily to have the most ideas, but to do research, to identify problems, to rally a team, to influence people. And so if you have a really good story around why those things are interesting to you i think you'll be better off
0: yeah absolutely the the other one i would maybe add in there and be curious to see what you think about this is uh, you mentioned the importance of and i think i hope we're at a point where i do think people at a high at the highest levels understand that it it, it plays a role into landing a new opportunity or finding new opportunities or even just career exploration but there is maybe a disconnect sometimes from that high level understanding and with truly understanding what you're going into doing that networking for and how it might help you or finding the the right kinds of people uh, that could be valuable to get to know uh, or to reach out to or to engage with. I think that is definitely something not just in pro- people breaking into product management, but just broadly speaking, I think I see sometimes with people who are trying to make career switches, it's not that they don't understand that networking is important. I think um, at the highest levels, I, I think they do. It's more just in the tactics and the purpose behind it and being Mm purposeful, because it isn't always necessarily about just the volume play, right? It's about the quality of those relationships and being able to use them for the right things, not just for the sake of going through the motions, right? Yeah,
1: I think you're right. Thanks for calling that out. I think when it comes to networking, there's a couple of things I usually tell folks. One, you have to be ready to follow up and to accept that you're not gonna get 100% hit rate. So my rule is normally I follow up at least three times with a few business days, maybe five business days in between if it's someone I really wanna connect with. And it's not just, hey, just checking in to see if you saw it, but it's following up in a very thoughtful way of trying to add value, right? So maybe the first time I reach out to them, it's, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm really excited about your background in X. I read this article that you wrote on Y. I hope I can chat to you, chat with you a little bit about this topic. But then if I don't hear from them, I follow up with, Maybe an article I read or maybe something they posted recently that, I, that really resonated with me or things like that. And just being ready to follow up consistently. I think I see a lot of people, if they don't hear back, they just immediately give up. And so I think that's one big mistake. And then the second thing is networking when you don't actually need something right away. Not waiting till you're about to submit an application to reach out to somebody and say, hey, can you give me a referral? But nurturing those relationships over time and being really intentional about that. I'll give you an example. When I was changing my job from Microsoft to Google. I was really in the midst of trying to figure out, you know, how I wanted to get from my business to business, B2B product focus into something more consumer, marketplace or growth related. And so I started looking for all the different growth PMs I could find. And so what happened was as I was posting on LinkedIn, just normal kind of content about product, I started to get different folks engaging. And as I noticed who was engaging, I saw some growth PM. So I was reaching out to them, hey, thanks for interacting with my post. We'd love to chat with you and hear more about growth PM. But that was six months before I even was really seriously applying to roles and just being really thoughtful about knowing where I wanted to go, connecting with those specific people um, and using different touch points on LinkedIn that I already had organically with those folks to start conversations helped me a ton.
0: That's great. And thank you for sharing. Those are really good tactical pieces of advice. And on this notion of networking, uh, I want to talk a little bit about all the work that you're doing uh, in terms of sharing ideas, but also connecting people together. So. Uh, you write and post a lot on LinkedIn, you share a lot of your learnings, you're very involved in product management kind of activities or initiatives, and you also have your own community. So could you talk to me a little bit more just about some of those things and how they got started and, and why you got involved?
1: Yeah, there's a quite there's quite a few, but how I started, as I mentioned, I told a little bit about that story. So my first project as a product manager was actually analytics for recruiters. And I didn't go about it the right way. I started with the solution. I didn't focus on the problem. Although it wasn't a complete failure, we shipped the product and it didn't have as much ad- adoption as I'd hoped. And when I look back in in hindsight, I think it had a little bit to do with a lack of focus on my part originally, initially on the problem and really zeroing in on who the target customer was, why we were building it for them, how we should build it, and anyway, I, I, I can, we can talk more about that failure story if, if we have time. But in general, I just started to get this sense that PM is, a lot of folks are coming into PM thinking they know exactly what it's going to be like. And then when you start, it, it's just a little bit different. And so I started connecting with more PMs, learning more about what it meant to be a problem manager, what it meant to focus on problems and problem discovery. Started networking with PMs in my company. And as I did that, I started to see my growth, my progress, my effectiveness increase dramatically. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just connecting with people changed the way I did my job. And so I just said, how could I make, or create more of these conversations for myself, first off, <laughs> but then also for others? And I started writing on LinkedIn. So I started sharing my failure stories, my lessons learned, and the content kind of gravitated, resonated with a lot of people. And So that was the beginning. of just trying to share my story, the lessons I'd learned, the mistakes I'd made in hopes of helping other people avoid them. And so that cut LinkedIn content transformed into a few other opportunities to engage with Product School on a number of initiatives. And eventually I created my own PM Mastermind community. So on LinkedIn now, we have the Product Management Mastermind community. I also work with Product School on initiatives, including the Product Manifesto, which is our attempt at outlining 10 principles that kind of guide PMs. And then third, but definitely not least, is uh, an initiative with the University of Washington called the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, where we've just began our first cohort of about 46 aspiring PMs that are all passionate about diversity and inclusion. And we're actually going to put them through a 10-week program where we pair them up with mentors to help them prepare for upcoming interviews. So, you know, super excited to be giving back to the PM community, as I mentioned, because I started leveraging the PM community to help grow my career and help, help me learn what I was doing wrong. And I just wanted to try to give back and create more of those conversations.
0: That's great. And it's so great to see how involved you are in all of these initiatives and how much you're sharing your own knowledge and insights. and in ways that help other people. And so that's really great. The one I really want to zero in on a little bit is your mastermind community. Tell us a little bit about, I know it's on LinkedIn, but you know what is it? Who's it for? What's going on there? And where can people go if they want to participate? Absolutely.
1: So the product management mastermind started off as a community for PMs to get advice, share advice, and build relationships. So it really was a community for current PMs to talk about challenges, because as I mentioned, I was having one-on-ones with PMs and sharing my challenges, getting advice, and it was helping me tremendously. So I wanted to create a community that would help scale that. So first, what we did was we started a LinkedIn group. And so you can find that group on LinkedIn. If you go to my profile and my banner has a, a QR code, you can find it directly. And in that group, I would just encourage people to introduce themselves, to share challenges they're faced with, And we started to see people open up about challenges with prioritization or partnering with engineering or partnering with other disciplines, design, how to write strategy docs, how to build a vision, how to build roadmaps. The list goes on and on. There's lots of challenges. And so we decided to make those conversations even more intimate by taking them to Clubhouse. So now we also host Clubhouse chats where PMs can come in and raise challenges they're faced with. And PMs of varying levels of experience all across the world will chime in from their experience and share, I faced a challenge similar to that. This is how I approached it. Or I faced something like that. This is a book or article I've read that really helped me, things like that. And as we've grown, we started to notice there was a lot of interest, of course, with breaking into PM as well. So we created a separate weekly chat on how to break in or how to break into PM. And so there's a Wednesday night chat where. Folks come in and they can ask any question about breaking into PMs. So that's really what it is right now. We have aspiring PMs. We have the current existing experienced PMs, and we have different conversations where you can essentially raise a question and get help from
0: the community. That's great. I love how in many ways you started with a, with an MVP and now you have full on new features and, and, and additional features and you're growing the product and you're adding more users. It's a full on product in and of itself. That's uh, that's super cool. Felix, thank Absolutely, you so for, for joining me. It's been great talking to you about your journey and to product management, uh, how it's grown, all the things you're doing to advance uh, the product management discipline and open up opportunities for people to break in. So really appreciate you. If people want to connect with you or want to jo- uh, want learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at my whole full name, Felix Watson Jr., you can find me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn URL is slash in slash Felix J. And yeah, on those two services, you'll find you know the links to the PM Mastermind community. Feel free to join us on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing more folks there.
0: Hi everyone, LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.